0: I am Chrissy Beltran, your host. And today I have an awesome guest. Her name is Corey Camp, and she is from Sydney. Corey is an expert on virtual coaching because this is what she has done long since before the pandemic hit, right? Um, Whenever the pandemic hit, you know, a while back, we all were like, "Uh, virtual coaching? What does this look like? But Corey already knew because this is what she does in her regular business. Um, So today, we're actually talking about video coaching, and how we can use this strategy to reach teachers that maybe have been tough for us to reach in the past, we're going to talk about the tools that you can use that are going to be really helpful to you in video coaching, and what it looks like what you know what a cycle looks like using video coaching. So I'm super excited to welcome guest Corey camp to the podcast. So without further ado, that is what I'm going to do. So welcome, Corey to the podcast. Hi everyone! Thanks for having me, Chrissy. I'm super excited to be here. I am so glad that you joined me. You know, we we um, we actually had a really nice conversation for the coffee and coaching membership um, months ago. Whenever the virtual coaching world became the reality for a lot of <laughs> people who were yeah. not to that and um, so I'm excited to be able to share your expertise with people who are not just in the membership because um, this I think that there's so much that we can learn from about video coaching and supporting teachers through video that is relevant you know in person too and it's maybe an untapped um, source of um, of uh, support for teachers
1: yeah yeah untapped it definitely
0: is I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that today Yeah, me too. So can you introduce yourself to our listeners and kind of just talk a little bit about who you are and maybe how you ended up doing the work that you're doing and what kinds of things you really focus your time on? Yeah,
1: well, um, hey, y'all, I'm Corey Camp. Um, I am, I say y'all because I am definitely from Texas, but I currently reside in the Midwest. My husband dragged me up here about three years ago, kicking and streaming. Um, no, I actually, I love it here um, in, in central Ohio, but uh, I'm surrounded by snow um, as we're recording this right now, but I definitely um, immersed, it was immersed into the world of video and virtual work when we moved, because mm-hmm. I now work for a company that um, pro- I consult for the company that provides a tool that allows folks to use video in coaching and collaboration and for reflection. Um, but I've been using video in my own practice for about 13 years now and in coaching and leadership for 10 of those years. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm here because. A long time ago, I had this harebrained idea that in order to better reach my students in my then what we called resource or, or self-contained classroom. So I worked with students who, um, <clears throat> in addition to the general ed curriculum, as a special educator, in addition to the general ed curriculum, they needed a lot more specially designed instruction. And so instead of being in general education classroom with the rest of their gen ed peers, they came to me, or me for English language arts. Um, uh, so I thought the best way to support them at so many different levels. I mean, I had kids on, reading a, at a fluency level in, in second grade, all the way up to fluently reading at an eighth grade level, but comprehension was first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a broken record, right? As, as we are, as, as educators, as we're, we're using repetition and universal design for learning, but I was exhausted. And I thought, you know, our instructional technology individual on our campus had been begging us to use the new teacher webpage page um, for more than just a staff photo and an email mm-hmm. and really start to put like some of our assignments and resources there and I thought if I could record a part of my lesson like that third period lesson when I finally worked all the kinks out of my lessons, um, I could record that and put that there so students could go back to when I modeled that particular strategy and um, or that when I was introducing a concept, they could go back to it during homework or when they are working in small groups. When I was working with another group, I could really start to use this for my students. So I began recording for over the course of about two weeks and finally sat down to watch those videos. I was not looking forward to it. Deleted them all in the first five seconds, (laughs) right? Because I was like, uh, no, (laughs) nobody wants to see that. Oh my gosh, do I sound like that? Um, What am I doing with my hands? Why is my room such a mess? So deleted them all. But again, I was doing this not for me, for my students, because I still really felt like this could be a really, like my website could be a really good way to support not just my my learners in my classroom, but better family engagement with the families of those learners. So I recorded again. And that ninth video, I made myself watch that day I recorded it. And it did not go on my teacher webpage, I'm going to be completely honest, but it did like spark something in me as an educator. There were things that I noticed that I was like, Hey, like that worked, that actually worked. Um, I don't know why I didn't plan that from the beginning, but I probably should. I should be more intentional about using that strategy. Um, There were things that I am still working on today from time to time. I still, old habits kind of creep in. I'm a fast talker Um, and I was kind of sloppy at questioning. I was over scaffolding, which I had never realized. No one had given me that feedback before, but I saw it in my video but I also noticed things about my students that I hadn't noticed before in the act of instruction, that really intrigued me. And so from there, video became this tool that I used. I did create videos for putting on my web page, but I also recorded a lot of videos in my classroom to just look at, at different perspectives and different things. And it's what led me out of the classroom in, in about two years because I was growing a lot and um, sharing a lot and it pulled me into a leadership position. And so my first year as a coach, I did what I thought a coach was supposed to do. I walked into a teacher's classroom with my notepad, wrote down a bunch of notes about ways I thought that they could improve their lesson, gave them that feedback and was immediately shut down. And yeah. I thought this is not what I should be like. I I don't want that from a coach. And so, um, I've been on a mission to help teachers, reflect and see themselves and and have that aha that I had, because it really is such a powerful tool. And now, um, not only do I use it in the coaching work that I do with teachers and leaders and coaches, but I also help teams and organizations start to implement video enhanced practices into their coaching or PLCs um, to do it all virtually or what I like to call blended synchronously and asynchronously, you really leveraging that video for teacher reflection, as well as a tool to help you do more with less. So that's where I am now. Um, long story short, uh, definitely a big fan of using video in our practice as
0: educators. I love that. I love all of that because it started organically. It was to help you, you know, you used it as a tool to help you reflect. So then you saw the benefits and then you integrated that into your coaching practice, which is, I mean, that's, that's ideal. Is Whenever we, we know something is effective to help us grow so we can use it to help others grow. Um, And it's, it is, I mean, just as you're describing it, that video was like a different perspective. And it reminds me of Like I remember my administrator would walk into my classroom and it was like a magical thing that would happen that I felt like my brain was like transported across the room and I could see from his eyes and I was like looking at everything that was happening from his perspective. And just seeing it that way from that different perspective, even though it was an imaginary perspective. Uh That
1: is not how I felt when my admin came in my room. It was like sweaty palms. And like, suddenly I see all the wrong things that are happening, right? So. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. But there was definitely like a tunnel vision. And like, I don't remember what what actually happened when you were in there, because I was like, in my head and like, in the moment. And
0: yeah, That is not an uncommon reaction, I think. And that's something (laughs) that we have to remember as coaches, that we make people feel that way too, Yeah, even though that is not our intent. And it wasn't my admin's intent, but I know they're right. who also responded that way that
1: it would change the chemistry of the room having another adult in there, no matter what that person's role is um yeah it definitely definitely changed it but but they do they do get as as admins and people who come in and, and observe other teachers they get this upper hand right where they get to see from the outside kind of looking in. And so of course they're able to notice some things that a teacher may not have, have recognized or been able to respond to in the moment. And there's also a lot that they don't see that you know, happened prior. It's just a snapshot that they're getting to observe. The thing that I tell teachers all the time is, video is really not as much for me as it is for you. Like, it is not that I get to have a, a recording of you teaching. It's not that I get to see and rewind and replay and even make comments on your video and give you feedback. This really is a tool for you to see you. Like, if you don't see some of these things that that I think we might want to focus on or might be, might be impacting your instruction or could impact your instruction, then you might follow through with some of my recommendations, but it's just out of compliance. And it's not likely going to change behavior and impact in the long run for your classroom. And so it really is the video enhanced coaching work and leadership work that I do is really about the learner being able to have ownership and more equity in my coaching conversations. I'm not having to spend all my time saying, I noticed this when I was in your classroom or as, as I observed, as I watched your video, I noticed this. Teachers are able to watch the video before we meet and see themselves and reflect. And they see the things that they're like, I know you're gonna see something about this. Let me just say, I've, I've already started working on that. Like they're coaching themselves. I'm building their capacity without lifting a finger. And then we're diving deeper into the things that they can't do on their own. Right. Um, and that's again, like helping me make a stronger impact than the surface level coaching I was doing before when I was the only one who got to see
0: it. Yeah. So. That makes total sense um, because you're right. It doesn't, you, you already had the third person perspective on that lesson anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't benefit you as much as <clears throat> teacher who did not have that perspective because in the moment you are, you're seeing what you're seeing because you're handling you're putting out fires and you're handling you know, all the stuff um, yeah. and you're still trying to teach at the same time. And so whenever we are, it's, it's whatever we choose to focus on, our brain kind of pulls out what's essential, but we, there are things that we miss when we are. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that makes total sense. And it's a good way to alleviate it's like this, this video recording isn't going to change what I'm already thinking. It might help you see some things that you would like to grow in though. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a great tool and a great way to frame it for teachers who might be reluctant. Um. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's a lot of reluctance in, in the work of it. it is vulnerable. It feels way more high stakes than me just coming in with that notepad and sitting down in the corner of the room and taking some notes, right? Because a record is being created. Yeah. And that record can be shared, right? That's like, who's going to see this is the first question I get. Mm-hmm. Um, and how will this, will this be used against my evaluation? and um you know, can we, are we, can we record our students? Is that even possible? I'm pretty sure that's not legal, right? That's usually the first thing I hear. Um, But then also, you know, thinking about, you know, I've I've had a lot of teachers be like, you know, so you just like, watch video people teaching. And I'm like, I promise with my glass of wine and my popcorn, I do not sit down and watch classroom instruction all day. long. Like I've got, I got a life, right? I'm not going to be rewinding and pausing and doing too much of that. Like we record in an intentional way. So that's another big thing in video enhanced coaching is You've got to be really focused and meaningful with it. Otherwise you're giving yourself a lot more and you can overwhelm your teachers because there's Mm -hmm. so much to look at. They were there for the event. What we want to do is hone in on specific events that can be then that reflective material to, to help them think about their practice and reflect on practice and make changes. Not, it's not beneficial where I might've gone when I was in person coaching and observe a whole lesson. If I had the time with video enhanced coaching, I am really getting just small snapshots, um, five, seven, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to do a lot. Like I do a ton of heavy coaching with just two to five minute video clips Mm -hmm. each week, because we have a specific focus and, um, I'm able to get a lot more done with that focus. So
0: it actually sounds really fun.
1: It is. it really, and here's the thing that's that's the most fun for me. And I usually start my coaching video coaching cycles with like, I just want you to record like this first video is not. I just want you to figure out the recording thing. You don't have to share it with me. Let's talk about some key things you should look for so that that first video is not all like, oh my gosh, did I really sound like that? Like they're gonna do that. That's human nature. But I also want to make sure that they focus in on teaching and learning. Because here's the other thing with the video <clears throat> coaching is when I became a leader and a coach, either by practice, because that was my job, I got to go see people teach, or through specific training, which I didn't have for the first several years as a coach, I learned how to observe others, how to take note of specific focuses and look fors and how to use observation tools to look at instruction objectively. Teachers don't get that training, right? Right. They aren't taught how to look at and and think critically about how specific things are impacting other things necessarily. And so in in video coaching, you do want to make sure that you give some guiding questions or some key look fors that they can look for in that that recording that will make them successful Mm -hmm. otherwise they're just going to focus in on how they look and sound so right um but yeah it really like the fun part for me is those ah ahas like being able when I meet with the teacher again and they've watched their first video even if I haven't seen it because they didn't share it with me Mm -hmm. there's a difference right there's a whole new feeling in that room they are coming to me with questions with ideas with wonderings they are much more engaged and bought in than if I'm not using video. So that's the fun part, right? Is because then you really get to do what you want to do as a coach. And so it's exciting, definitely exciting work. It's not easy to get started always, but it is exciting.
0: Yeah, it sounds exciting. So where do you focus, like your virtual coaching? Just curious, what does that look like on a regular week for you?
1: Well, I, I will say, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I will say that I that currently, uh, well, this year I've been doing a lot more coaching than I have the past two years, but when I was like, this was what I was coaching was 100% or most of 100% of my role, I um, typically really fell into, and, and my typical sink is I don't go to many live observations or lessons, because again, like it's not the best use of my time. I can schedule, I can be available Mm -hmm. to come in at 10 today and see that math lesson, but 10 today might not be the time, the best time for me to see what it is we we're wanting to focus on. Right. And so, um, most of my time is spent viewing short snapshots of the people that I'm coaching their video giving them feedback. I always ask teachers to watch the video first and make at least two timestamp comments. So the tool that I use for my video coaching allows you to leave timestamp and time range comments. So it's very specific and not just, I watched your video and about seven minutes in, if you kind of scroll on over, you'll see this thing. I can put it right there on the comment or on the video. Um, So it's, you know, kind of focusing in, getting to look at that. I get to process a little bit more deeply about what my feedback would be to help drive that individual further. Um, I usually use Thursdays has always been a good day for me to catch up on my virtual work. So again, even when I was doing a lot of coaching um, at a regional service center down in Texas, I also was doing PD and I was part of committees and teams and doing other leadership and PD facilitator roles. And so the coaching now happens in these kind of short, but really high impact burst mm-hmm. where I'm working with, you know, someone shared a video with me, or they've asked me a question, or I'm creating a quick video to show them how to utilize a tool or a resource, or here's where that one button is. that's going to let you do that with your students. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm meeting with my teachers for 20 to 40 minutes. Once we've started using video in our practice, and I've they've kind of learned a few ways to really reflect in meaningful ways, it tends to be shorter, and where those videos are just tying up loose ends. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those usually happen just kind of at different times throughout the week. I meet teachers when coaching. I've we found in our company is most powerful when it happens at a time where you can have a conversation and you're not as distracted. Mm-hmm. So our coaching, um, in, in here at Sydney is our coaches work any day of the week, 8 AM to 8 PM. Like you're kind of matched with the coach that has that availability. Um, and then you meet with them once a week for the course of six weeks. And it's kind of a, a heavy coaching cycle, but you get a ton done because you are, it's not just that one meeting in between that meeting, you're continuing to reflect together and share and have these conversations. And that meeting is just, let's talk about how far we've come so far since last week. And let's talk about where we're going next. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's very flexible for me and that's the thing I love about it is it is really flexible. I can spend more time working more deeply with the ones who do need the heavier coaching but then video coaching also allows me to, like I said before, let others kind of coach themselves. I can mm-hmm. I can let them share with me. Now they have a resource and a way to share like, hey, I did this lesson today and I hadn't talked to them in like a month. I've checked in with them, but we haven't really worked together. And now they've got something specific they want feedback on. Mm-hmm. And so it's really just engaging with the teachers and, and and coaches that I'm coaching based off of those needs. And it's really that kind of, in the workflow um approach to coaching, which is that job embedded piece that we know works so well in professional learning, but we have a hard time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we know coaching is so valuable. So it's very, very flexible for who I'm coaching.
0: I like that because it's it's something that um I could see integrating into you know regular campus coach who has to, you know, coach 40 to 60, 70 teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are trying to figure out how to do that. I can think of so many like I remember one teacher who told me and I will, it will haunt me forever cuz I it never I I felt bad that I could not fulfill this request. Mm-hmm. She told me she wanted me to sit in her room for her whole reading block cuz she wanted to see where her time was going.
1: Yeah.
0: Me to know like is it, and is this working right and what's what's happening where am i losing my time and and i could never that it was a 90 minute frame and we mm-hmm. could never manage our schedules to make that work. Yeah. It was just impossible. And would I have wanted to watch a 90 minute lesson at home? Probably not. Um, but I could have. Yeah, <laughs> you could have. I yeah. would have done it if I had thought about it. And it did not occur to me to do that. And so that, this one teacher is just, I mean, she's, she's stayed home with her children now. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Suffering. But I just, I just always have felt guilt about not being able to do that because she was asking for the help. Right. Yeah. Um, and the people that are asking for it, you really want to get to them because they, yeah, you don't want to leave them behind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just, I love, and I love that it's in short increments. I just feel like that gives you so much flexibility with your scheduling because scheduling is one of the biggest bears that coaches have to right. It's so difficult.
1: The stars have to align yeah. for you to be able to one, be able to make it into that room when yeah. they're requesting and two, for that time that they requested that day to be the actual day that the thing is happening. Right. right. So many times I would drive when I was working as a regional coach, I would drive hours yeah. to get to, uh, cause we had a large region down in Texas. And so I would like get in my car at 5. AM just to get to the school, barely at eight. So I could be there for the first period lesson. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I know we've had this on the schedule for three months, but we're actually a little bit behind in our lesson. Could you come back tomorrow? And I'm like, right. Nope, I'm doing PD session tomorrow. I'm in my <laughs> <new> teacher's <laughs> classroom tomorrow. Right. Like- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. So, so then, and it's, that's so reactive, right? Like it's it's let me, let me tell you about something that's already happened. You can't go back. Like, this is why people are really interested in like the bug in your coaching because I can mm-hmm. catch it in the moment. Right. Um, and what reflection does and video is a really, that that's the thing it does best It's that powerful tool for reflection on practice and, and in practice. And what it does is it does increase the teacher's ability to be more responsive in the moment when I look back I can start to see big picture as well as that focus and see okay I can do I don't have to wait for the next time I remember the first high school teacher that I coached um years ago was like thanks for the feedback I'll remember that when I teach that lesson again next year (laughs) like and I was like oh no like
0: no no (laughs) just teaching that lesson
1: yeah yeah exactly it's not just that lesson or that standard it's like we want to really get to more of those uh systemic pieces and so when we can increase an individual's capacity to reflect we make them a better all like it's a transcendent skill it's not just specific to that standard that moment that classroom those students they can carry that into those that lesson of reflection into everything else that they're doing and if we can teach them teach them to reflect on practice frequently enough and in a deep enough manner we really do build huge capacity in our yeah. school and so even if i'm not working with that individual right now i've set them up for success to continue and then they come back to me whenever they need a thought partner in that so It's powerful for sure. And it's, again, you don't have to worry about that scheduling piece because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're able to record themselves and share it and you can watch it asynchronously. And, you know, one of the things our tool does, but a lot of other tools do as well is you can play it back in faster speed. So that 90 minute video, if you watch it at two times, it's 45 minutes, you know, a good rule of thumb. And this is why I say when we, when you are video coaching, if you're looking at video coaching, um, you want to be focused and think about what is it you want to see? Are we looking at engagement? Are we looking at classroom management? Are we looking at, you know, time, instructional versus non-instructional time? And then if I'm focusing on that, who needs to be in the video? Does it need to be facing someone specific? And the thing that I, that helps ease a lot of teachers' minds is a lot of the times we're looking at learner outcomes, right? And I don't need to see the teacher. I don't need to see what the teacher's doing with their hands or any of those other things. Hearing the teacher on the video is enough. I need to see the students. And so they don't even have to be on video if they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not ready. I need like two more weeks on this diet before you come in and record. (laughs) Uh, I can be like, don't worry. You don't have to be in it at all. Like We're just going to actually put it at the front of your room to capture your students. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we just need the audio, right, to be able to kind of listen into it. But you do want to, where you can, make sure it's a really, sh- again, short focus video, mm-hmm. five to 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. Um, there are times when you might want to look at a whole 90-minute or a whole yeah. lesson block. Not often, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm really using this to support teacher reflection, I, d- I can't expect them to watch right. their own 90-minute video. So the other thing that the reason I say that is, at least for me, in the past 13 years of using video, I, I kind of have myself down to a science. It takes me about three times the length of the video to really watch the video and pa- that that includes the time to pause and make comments and share a resource and just the the previewing of the video before the conversation, it takes me about. So if it's a 15 minute video, it's taking about 45 minutes of my time if I'm really needing a heavy coach not always right but sometimes. So I know that about myself cuz and, and other coaches that I've worked with in the past that do video don't need that. A 15 minute video is a 20 minute time frame for them because they watch it once, they make their comments and then they're on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I like to do a whole view and then a review and mm-hmm. so so thinking about that so you don't get into the weeds of mm-hmm. You've got so much, like you've got teachers sharing video with you now, but you don't have enough time to watch all the video and give them meaningful feedback.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, it's, that's it's a really good tip. Um, I, I, I'm i thinking about these coaches who are so frustrated because they've tried a hundred different things. They've been to the classroom a million times. They have had reflective conversations and then they hit a brick wall and teachers, some, some of them are just, you know, tough for nuts to crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's not even necessarily whether they're like, people have a lot of things to say about new and veteran teachers. That mm-hmm. has necessarily been my experience completely It's, right. it's different people, you know, and the way that we learn. So that's really why I wanted to ask you about video coaching is, is I think it's a really good alternative and maybe sometimes even a better option in certain situations, mm-hmm. to regular in-class observations, you know, that and many coaches have tried those things and they're not seeing the impact. Yeah. You know? It's like special qualifications or special qualities that make it really effective.
1: Yeah. And, and again, like the traditional face-to-face coaching, um, and, and I use video, whether I'm, whether I'd be on a campus face-to-face with a teacher, if I go in to observe, I record Mm -hmm. while I'm in there. So they can go back and see what I saw. I can pull key clips that I want to kind of bring into that debriefing conversation. Um, but it's absolutely a great tool when I can't make it in there or I'm, I'm you know, working from afar a little bit more. Um, but it is it is one of those tools that I think is really powerful. No matter where that teacher is within their career, within their reflective capacity. Again, I don't have to always see the video for the reflection, like it speaks louder than I do sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. So. With my teachers who are a little bit more reluctant um, to video again it's let's just focus on your students then let's pick a focus that's we don't need to capture you on it or um you don't have to share your first video with me i'm going to give you some key questions so you watch your video we'll keep it short since you were there we want to keep it focused and then we're just going to come back and talk about that or um there you know like a a quick challenge like just record, you know, 5 minutes of either the beginning middle or end of your lesson like pick one, record 5 minutes, watch it and then I just want to meet with you shortly after you do just to see if there's anything that you notice that I can be of help with. So really thinking about that it's not a tool that's just because of like when when we had, you know, pa- the pandemic and and everything and everyone was going virtual. It's not just for those times. It really is every time I coach a teacher, if I don't start with video, I am working an angle to get to
0: video because I know it's going to be
1: that powerful for
0: them. Yeah, yeah. So that those are some good ways. You talked about, you know, focusing on the kids, even using audio, having <clears> to record <support throat> themselves and not share it with you. Um, and because I'm thinking about buy-in from teachers mm-hmm. and in an administration, because I actually, I can remember sitting in a leadership meeting once saying, well, what if we had teachers record themselves? And everybody just shot me down. They were like, no, we can't no. Have do Yeah. That that's gonna stress them out too much I was like well what if we just make it available at least to the ones who want to try it first yep. or maybe they just watch it by themselves and and they were like no but but and I didn't push it because I was like well we are doing a lot right now and we don't want to tip anybody over the edge but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes you got to choose your battles but um but yeah I can remember that moment that even the administration and leadership team were like no this is that is going to freak people out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I tried
1: rolling out uh, or I I rolled out video enhanced coaching in my, my region back in Texas when I was at the Mm -hmm. regional service center, Um, right in the middle of the uh, state's freak out about the requirement for videos in special education classrooms. I was like, I know we're freaking out about this, but Hey, can I come in and record your teachers and (laughs) and coach them? And here's why. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you here's here's a very, very important thing. If you are thinking about or if you're already using it, mm-hmm. that I want to make sure that, that you're aware of when you use video in classrooms is the tools that you use to capture that, where you store it and how you share it is really important because we want to make sure that we maintain, like that's a record. We want to make sure that that record is meeting FERPA and COPPA compliance. So we don't want teachers uploading videos of their lessons into their students faces to YouTube right. um, or even you know Google Google isn't really even as safe and secure because I can take that link and share it with someone else right. like there's no way to kind of keep that so when I I video coach I use the platform um, for the company I work for it's the original tool I found to kind of make this a scalable thing because it is password protected. It's FERPA and COPPA compliant. Each teacher has their own private workspace so that they can just reflect and and be confident that no one else is going to see their video unless they intentionally share that with them. And if they share that with them, they can't download it and put it somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. so we we need to make sure that legally we are making sure that we are being safe with video recording. Um, I also like to tell have the teachers of the classrooms that i'm coaching with video in to share with their parents that we will be recording instruction and using that to improve our instructional improve the learning experience for the students in there just so they know and typically a school's um video uh, and like kind of like social media image um the consent form that they sign at the beginning of the year usually covers that, right? Because we're not making money off of these videos. We're not putting them on social media. They are strictly for educational purposes only of the teacher. So that that and I've really only ever had two parents who have come back and said, yeah, I, I want to kind of revoke that consent for this purpose And then we just don't get that student, in the video, right? We just place the video in a place where we're not going to capture that student at the front of the room or wherever they're located Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or we go with audio, right. And kind of paint the picture a different way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that those are really important things to consider. And that's what I was wondering about as well. Um, But and some districts have also union policies about recording video and teachers. And so you do kind of have to work through on any of those legal issues, um, Mm -hmm. make sure you're not, um, you know, opening up a can of worms there. That yeah, you don't right. Want to, have to deal with, so right it's good to talk to somebody um, higher up in the food chain and make sure that you're covered, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and then then you can move forward. secure, yeah, class.
1: definitely do that. I did not do that when I started. I was like, I'm just gonna put these, and and then I was like, I don't know if I could. I probably shouldn't put those like videos of me teaching the lesson, like where one of my kids gets up and walks in front of the camera. I didn't put that on my webpage, but mm-hmm. um, that's, I was also doing, I started doing flipped videos um, so that all my flipped lessons went up there on my teacher web pages long before like an LMS or any of those things like Khan Academy existed. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, that's definitely make sure that, you know, it's, it's okay to do or that, you know, because kids are going to, if a teacher pulls out their camera phone or you set up a fancy kind of robot that's going to follow you around because they're going to go home and be like, I don't remember what I learned today, but there was this person who came in and recorded, right? And then they're getting an email to the district going, where is this video? So it's always important to be transparent and families are really receptive to a teacher wanting to improve their practice, a school who's, who's, who's dedicated to, improving that learning experience for all their learners and so Mm -hmm. it's a powerful tool don't let some of those initial hesitations get in the way people are doing it all the time national board certification uses video those are usually the folks who are right there with me here like oh yeah I get the power of this um, because I I went through national board certification and it it transformed my instruction so yeah it's buy-in again can usually be the trickiest thing because there's so much concern not just about student confidentiality but teachers and there's this record and they immediately go to I don't think I'm doing everything that someone might like we are harder on ourselves than anyone else's and so they're like oh no like I I really don't want a record of that time when I was hoping like praying no one was walking by my room during that one moment. Right. And we can all think back to those days or those times when we were like, oh, uh, thank goodness there wasn't a camera. And now we're being asked for a camera. So you want to make sure that you really talk clearly and have a clear vision yourself for what is video going to be used for? How will it be used? Who will use it? How often? Um, You can definitely build those as you go, but I would have a good why first, if you can explain to folks why they're doing something, they're more, much like more likely to follow through with how they do it. than if you just say, you
0: know, do this, right. Right. Those ahas don't come as easily to folks always. Right. Yeah. And if you start with somebody who's, who likes to try new stuff, then that around and say, Hey, miss so-and-so did it. And it was okay. It wasn't scary. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. One of the teacher cohorts that, I, that I'm working with right now, um, I was, again, I'm always looking for that avenue. When I started working with them last semester, it was not really the right time or place. I did a lot of the video piece in creating resources and little micro learning pieces for them to help them think, reflect secondarily on their instruction. But when we met for our goal setting meeting just the other day, they said, you know, what I think would be really helpful. Like I want to take it up a notch. And I think we've got all these great tools and everything to be working with. And, and I feel like I'm starting to implement them well, but I, I just wonder if there's another way. And I'd love to see, as we've been talking, you know, Jane was mentioning this. I'd love to see Jane do it. Right. Like I'm like, and especially when, we are remote, we miss that opportunity to just walk by someone's classroom, right? There were classrooms I used to walk by nice and slow because I was like, oh man, there's like magic happening in there. Mm -hmm. And I don't get to see it often because I've got my own class. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it was their idea. Like they were like, it'd be cool if we could." and I was like, well, if we can use video for that, you can record a clip that way you're in control of what others are seeing. And, um, and you can ask for feedback or just say like, I'm super proud of this moment. And so, um, once you start starting with that and you've got a pretty good culture of of individuals who are have good psychological safety is term I talk a lot about, then it's much easier, right? So just planting seeds sometimes is what it takes. And definitely, I like to start with someone who I think is going to be a little bit more of my innovator.
0: So. yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. um pure observations, it's always amazing. And so we would coordinate a lot of that on my campus. Um, but it, it was sometimes difficult time wise, just to make it happen. Yeah. You have to have coverage and stuff. So then sometimes I would, I would request, can I record this and share it in a PD or share it in a PLC? And you know, that was, we loved seeing each other in action. Um, and you don't get enough of that time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So could you walk us through the steps of uh, that, that people could actually follow to structure a virtual or an in person coaching cycle around video coaching?
1: <clears throat> yeah. So um, I, I, I kind of like to, to refer to this as like blended coaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially when we, you know, in 2020, when we went into remote instruction, I still continued to talk about even remote instruction as blended instruction, thinking about synchronous real time in person, whether that's virtual in person or like physically under the same roof in person, and then asynchronous where these are the things that you're kind of doing on your own. You're not necessarily real time, you know, anytime, any place in your own pace. And then of course, online and offline, you know, really that creates an integrated experience for blended learning. And you can take those four modalities and bring them into blended coaching. So I, um, kind of loosely follow like the impact cycle, um, a kind of approach, but I, I believe it's really important to have that pre-observation conversation, right? What are we, what are we focusing on? What do you want me to look for? Um, as I watch a lesson or as I look at your, you know, lesson plan, you know, what, what's the focus. And so meeting with that teacher, either in person or synchronously or Doing this kind of over email or in a discussion space. Mm -hmm. What is it we want to focus on? Who, who, what are we looking at? Who do we need to capture? When would be the best time to capture that? Like if it's looking at how I introduce new vocabulary and I'm wrapping up a unit right now, and I'm not teaching new vocabulary again until next Wednesday when we start our new unit. Then next Wednesday is when I need a plan to record, right. or I need a plan to kind of be in there to record for the teacher. And so um, we kind of talk about our action plan for capturing the evidence of what it is we're going to look at, and it doesn't have to always be a lesson. I've gotten a lot of mileage out of teachers, and I feel I love do. I feel it's much more proactive having teachers record a quick screen share of their upcoming lesson plan that I can then give them feedback because as they walk through their lesson plan and then they share, I get so much more out of the, so much more context out of that lesson plan than if they just said, here's my lesson plan, not anything, you know, any feedback. Right. So I do a lot of that as well. You know, we're focusing on lesson design. And so, you know, kind of map out what, when they share their lesson plan with me, walk through with me, here's what we want to see. And then from there, is the artifact collection, the reflection, the observation, right? So typically the teachers that I'm working with and the coaches I'm working with, I have them record, um, because I'm usually not available to come in for the live piece, or it's just not, not going to be as meaningful if I'm there. I want them to self-reflect. So they set out to their plan to record next Wednesday. They're going to record at the you know, during that whole group lesson, when they introduce vocabulary to the whole group and, um, it's just going to be five or 10 minutes long. And then I ask them to reflect. They watch the video first before they share it with me. And so this, this all takes after the pre-observation conference, maybe a week, a week and a half for them to get that opportunity to record and reflect. And then they share the video with me after that. There's about a three-day period is my sweet spot personally for being able to, I've watched the video. They've already watched it when they shared it to me. I leave some comments. They get my notification that I left some comments. So then they reply back and we kind of have this online chat, you know, each on our own kind of time. And then after about three days, letting that chat really kind of marinate and air out. And I've shared some resources. We've done most of the heavy conversation asynchronously. Then I meet with that teacher for a, a wrap up, a mm-hmm. post observation conference, right? So maybe I shared a last minute resource the day before. Did they get a chance to look at that? You know, what are some big ahas? Let's, t- let's celebrate the progress that we saw in that. Or um, you shared a lesson uh, walkthrough, and then you did your lesson. You didn't record that, but let's talk about how that went after you implemented some of the changes I maybe recommended. And then what are our next steps? So I'm meeting with the teacher twice in this kind of cycle. And in between that is the heavy lifting. and It all happens asynchronously in small, short, little bursts. And then we kind of go from there again. So that post-observation conversation, that wrap-up conversation is actually the pre-conversation for the next video. So we can go right into another video or plan some more time to go deeper into some lesson planning or focused analysis or modeling if needed. So it's, it's flexible, but I do kind of follow those stages throughout the process and have, I typically do that like over the course of a week and a half, two weeks, I can do it in a week. Um, I can do it in a little bit longer, but that kind of tends to hold the teacher's attention and not, be too closely spaced to stress them out as well
0: that is so cool Um, i really like that that process and i think it's something that could be easily integrated to a campus coach who's coaching Mm -hmm. in person i can see that working really well um and just being really responsive to the needs that teachers have yeah that's that i just think it's i mean it's like mind-blowing how much i wish i knew how to do that (laughs) Coaching because I could have, I mean, it just would have been the answer to so many challenges, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every
1: year I find another way to like be a little bit more sophisticated, or Mm -hmm. I'm working with a new client and I'm like, oh, I could try this. And I'm like, how come I have not been doing that this whole like? So, I used to start, uh, so most of the work that I do is straight virtual coaching now, um, where I not anywhere near the school to even be able to go visit in person and shake a hand and um so the first few videos that are shared are like an intro video where I introduce myself, tell them a little bit about me. And then um, I give them a tour of my office. And then I ask them to do an intro video and give me a tour of their classroom, which is a really great way to get started with the video y'all. Yeah. If it's, you know, we're kind of at the beginning of the year, teachers have set up their classroom, students have messed it up now by, by now, and they're getting ready to go. Like they're kind of thinking differently about their setup. And this is a great time to just say like, Hey, just record that reading center for me, or, um, you know, record the, you know, how you have this set up. And that's a great way to get teachers sharing video with each other as well. It's low sticks. No students are involved. No teaching is happening. They're the just sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to be on the camera. It's just yeah. your voice. Yeah. Um, so I used to start with, with those two. Now I combine the intro in the classroom 360 into a in the space where we coach in our platform is called it's called a huddle and so I've just recently started doing a welcome to the huddle video and it's kind of both like welcome to the huddle here's what our coaching is going to look like over the next you know six to twelve weeks Um, here's a little bit about me and oh by the way here's a little bit of my space I'd love if you just shared if I if I'm just now meeting the teacher give me a quick tour of your LMS or your your in-person classroom. If not, it's, you know, welcome back. We're coaching again. I'm excited to dive deeper. Here's what I'm thinking. We're going to do this, you know, this round. And so um, it's a little bit simpler, right? Like I'm not going, okay, I got to create two videos. It's just one video and I'm rocking and rolling. So yeah, you, you continue to kind of learn and and refine and you walk away from some things and then you come back into them and you're like, why did I stop doing that? So that's just, <laughs> just how it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's just like whenever I was in the classroom, I remember every year being like, I really wish I knew that. I knew that last year. And then
1: <laughs> I'm still like, like, as I work with, like, that's the thing I love about being a coach. Like, I'm like, man, if I walked back into the classroom tomorrow, I would be way better of a teacher than I ever was those years ago, that's because true. I've just kind of like learned like this. It's so much better. Um, you know, some of the tools and things that are out there are way more,
0: way cooler than whenever I was in the classroom. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yes. yeah and then and literature and just everything huh. so, look, yeah loaded over the last like I don't know five eight five ten years so yeah years
1: right yeah definitely definitely Can
0: you kind of like explain what that debriefing or that reflective conversation looks like like what kinds of questions you're asking or if you have a structure or you know yeah. what does it look like in your when you're, when you're um, closing up that part of the cycle yeah so um, <clears throat>
1: it, That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, I wing, sometimes I wing some of my conversations, like I wing my eyeliner, but, um, but, you know, it's always starting with a, you know, uh, here's, here's kind of where we left. Like I always bring up the goal. This is what we're focusing on now, before we get to that, one of the things that I make sure I do with my synchronous time, like my real in-person time with my teachers is I always make room and space for connection. And so um and I can do more of that because like getting to know know who they are as a person, not just, you know, Miss Beltran, you know, fifth grade, you know, teacher. So um I I've always, you know, just really, and I'm a relater anyways, so we just kind of catch up, do a little bit of small talk and then, all right. So I just switch into business mode. And so here's what we've been working on. And one of the things that we wanted to see in you know, this last round, or one of the things you wanted to design was an experience that did X, Y, Z, just kind of restating the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of talk and just kind of open it up from there. I'm also a really big fan of Um, a few questions from both Jim Knight and um, from the, oh, now I'm trying to remember it, the Coaching Habit book. He's got seven questions and I, I love to start out, like this is how I kind of kickstart my you know, just small talk is just what's on your mind, um, which is a question from the the coaching habits. It's a really good book. If y'all haven't read it, it's on Audible. It was my first coaching book I ever listened to on Audible back when I used to have to drive all over <laughs> the state of Texas. Um, and I got tired of my XM radio because it was all that I'd listened to all the songs after like a year of driving 80 miles just to get to work. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I use a lot of those. Jim Knight has a couple of others that I lean to a lot and in fact I share these with teachers before they watch the, like before I start working with them with the video I just say like if you ever get lost in the weeds we're always going to when we plan a recording we're going to talk about like what are some of those look for's or some guiding questions but if you ever just watching a video and you feel like oh my gosh I'm getting sucked into focusing on myself and not teaching and learning these are questions you'll probably hear me ask a lot whenever we talk like on a scale of one to ten how close was this lesson to your ideal what would have mm-hmm. you know changed these are like those questions from Jim Knight and in some of his impact cycle work, I found a really good for just opening up the teacher's thinking and um, prompting that reflection. So um, really, we just kind of focus on that. And, you know, do we feel like we saw evidence of this working? Is there something that the video didn't capture, right? Because you can't capture it all on video. Um, Being going and doing in person observations is still when I can do it still really powerful because there are some things that video can't always capture or you know if you don't have someone moving the camera around and we maybe need the camera to move around then that might be helpful to be in there firsthand but just kind of debriefing over again I like to keep it goal focused always end with next steps right so what do you you need what do you from me what are you going to do for you Do we need to stop doing in order for that to happen? You know, those kinds of questions. So flexible to what that teacher is really needing a lot more of. Some of them I'm focusing a lot more on social, emotional um, learning in addition to focusing on that kind of increase in the rigor of their instruction.
0: I like that because, um, well, I mean, the idea is that because they have watched the lesson, they will have an idea of where they would like to take the conversation as well. And so there's so much more ownership there. And if you have too much structure, and you're giving too much, then you're kind of taking away from, well, what did, what did you see? You know, what, are yeah. you about, um, having watched yourself do this teaching. So yeah, I, I think it makes sense to have a few open-ended questions kind of planned out, but nothing too, um, too scripted.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like if I've had too much structure before to um some of those conversations, then I end up sucking up time when I don't really need to, right? Like if I'm like dedicated to this one question. Um I always end in an action plan. And I always, you know, make sure that we address the goal. Is that still the goal? Is it still feeling right for us? Is this still working? Right? Like how we're working together. Um, but then know, again, because they've seen themselves, because we've had a chance to chat asynchronously using technology, then I don't need as much of their time Mm -hmm. for that wrap up. Um, It's really just a quick check in, not this whole like whole lesson, you know, off, off period um, conference period conversation. Yeah. Which, which helps increase buy-in, right? Like yes. Corey wants to work with me and she's not taking all of my time. And, uh, and I feel like I'm actually like getting something out of this. So
0: that's powerful. Yeah. Um, so I've yeah. already given that feedback, that really purposeful feedback you know, on yeah. the show and you've shared resources and ideas and stuff, mm-hmm. so This is just kind of wrapping it up and saying, so how are you in, how are you applying this? Where is this going in your, team? yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Yeah. And that's it. I love how you summarize that because you do want to make sure that you're giving it an opportunity to make meaning of that feedback. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, sometimes that with that asynchronous feedback, that text-based feedback, you know, they can read too far into the lines or you you didn't come across clear. So you want to make sure that they understand Mm -hmm. the feedback or you understand their their own self-feedback or feedback you know conversations with you so you want to make sure you use some time to clarify Mm -hmm. and that it's really important like you still need the pre and post meetings but you can do a lot more in between
0: yeah that's that's really cool you're not waiting um, yeah yeah the conversation two days later or something right exactly exactly. You mentioned the tools that you used, obviously Sydney. you mentioned, um, but what are some, uh, some tools that are really and you can share more about Sydney as well. Um, mm-hmm. what are some tools that are really helpful for this kind of work for coaches who are, are initiating this?
1: Yeah. So, um, of course Sydney. and I don't just say that cause like they pay my daily paycheck. Um, <laughs> but like I was a user of the platform in the past and it really was, a game changer. Again, I've been using video for 13 years now, 10 in coaching and five of the only five of those years have I been using Sydney's tool. And so it really does allow you to safely and securely record it. Is, you do not need a specific device or any other tech to do it. Like it's just, it's a platform that works on any device you can record without an internet connection. As soon as you do get connected, it automatically uploads. It just really makes a nice seamless workflow when working with video and other artifacts. It's not just for video. It's not just for coaching. Um, I've used it for blended learning sessions, uh, for PD that I've offered in a blended format, cohorts, Mm -hmm. PLCs, lesson study, instructional rounds. I mean, really can use it in so many ways. So it's definitely my Mm -hmm. go-to. But then in addition to that, of course, you know, you got to capture the video. So um, you got to have a camera of some kind, webcam, screen recording tool, if you're doing a lot of online things or, you know, your mobile device, again, remembering that you are recording and storing it in a space that's going to keep that footage safe and secure. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, you know, Because there's so much more flexibility, I like to use like a scheduling tool and I really just use the native one in Google. Our tool offers uh, a way for people to book times with me. So a teacher can say like, oh, I really need to talk with Corey and they can shoot me a video and then book a time three days later with me. Um, So some kind of like Calendly or opening up appointment slots on your Google calendar so that people can book with you. Um, That's another thing. If I don't already have all of my coach conferences booked with a teacher in that post video meeting, we book our next Mm -hmm. kind of chat where we're going to check in again. Um, So something like that so that you can still schedule those synchronous meetings Mm -hmm. um, to be able to do that. And then, I mean, from there, it's like your other typical tools for resources and things that you have. So Mm -hmm super light on the tools, I think, right? It, it really is flexible into everything else that you're using.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's something that you can DIY, or there Mm -hmm. are tools that are out there that kind of have it all done for you and you can just um, go get them.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So if coaches only walk away with one idea from this episode, what do you think it should be?
1: Oh, I remember (laughs) that was on your question list. (laughs) But I forgot it. Um, gosh, there's so much, Chrissy. Uh, I would say, use video. <laughs> there are like, I mean, just do it, right? Um, even if you go first and and I, again, I've been using video for more than just coaching. I don't just use this with the people I coach. I use it every time I have a meeting with someone or um, have that coach check- in or that conference. Because I also use it to reflect. And so if you're really nervous about teachers with that buy-in and, you know, go first, that's the best thing I can tell you, ask a teacher who you think would be willing, if you can just record, even if it's just the audio and just say, Hey, I'm really working on a way that I can strengthen my listening skills in our conversations, or I'm working on my questioning just like you are. I want to make sure I ask you meaningful questions that will help us, you know, dig, dig deeper into your practice. Do you mind if I record so I can go back and watch on this? I think that says many more volumes than you saying, hey, I heard about recording in coaching and I think this would be a really great way for us. Like, definitely do that if you've got someone who you think that will work with. But if you're like, I don't know who I could use this with,
0: mm-hmm. start
1: with you. Um, it really is a powerful, powerful tool to um, transform no matter what you are doing, whether it's how you facilitate PLCs or, you know, lead your staff meetings or, you um, even just like when you model a lesson. So anytime I go into a teacher's room or I do a model for them, I also record because it's such a powerful tool and I want my teachers to see that. I think it's not just powerful for them, but for me. So definitely one idea, use video with who that's up to you, but use it because it's powerful.
0: I love that. Yes, that that summarizes the episode. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. Yes, do it
1: already. Uh, I, I think of that GIF, uh, gosh now I can't the with what's his name and he was the blue
0: yeah just
1: do it do it
0: he has like the little his hands and he's like yes (laughs) just do it (laughs) uh
1: yeah
0: yeah just
1: do do it y'all just go (laughs)
0: ahead (laughs) I've been sitting here looking at this beautiful Texas necklace on (laughs)
1: Yeah, when I when I left Texas, all of my Texas family and friends made sure that they like tagged me with like I've got a necklace and a oh. ring and a bracelet. I got a pillow behind me, y'all. It's everywhere. In case you were wondering if I was from the South, I am.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm also from Texas, but you know I'm from the other uh, the other end. So yeah. i um, El Paso, Texas, which is I mean we're in Texas, but we don't really identify with Texas. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. And actually I was born in, in Cedar Hill outside of Dallas and I lived there. Oh yeah. I grew up in Cedar Hill, lived there until I was in high school. And then we I knew to- there was a reason I liked you <laughs> <laughs> on some level. Right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. I grew up there, um, for, you know, until I was 16 and then that's really the best time to move your child 600 miles away. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. should have waited a few more
1: years mine you know my oldest was just in second grade so oh,
0: yeah there you go yeah that's <laughs> and yeah so it's it was a rough it was rough as you know culture shock mm-hmm. definitely different completely different culture than right it is um but um but yeah we're, we're also from Texas but we just don't talk about it that much I guess we're, yeah. we're, like, we're all Pasoans and so that's that for <laughs> the identifier I feel like kind of a funny, funny thing <laughs> it's
1: like everyone knows you're from. You don't have to say it. Like, and I'm like, I know, but just in case they're wondering why I don't know where that one thing is that everyone else around here does. Like, <laughs> we have been living here for three years, and I still don't know what the main like is it 37 or 116? Oh. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, the big road, <laughs> <laughs> the
0: big one. To your credit, a year of that has been trapped inside of your house for the most part. So, amen to that. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Totally yeah. how can people find you online if they want to learn more or just follow or see if you post any Shia LaBeouf gifts or anything like that
1: (laughs) I gifts are my love language y'all I love them um so long time ago I got onto Twitter before I knew how important handles were and so like I've got this really long complex handle but it's uh so my last name is camp c-a-m-p like a campfire um so camp uh underscore inclusive d so it's inclusive ed um so maybe we can put it in some show notes or something yeah. Chrissy uh, <laughs> you can also search for me probably on Facebook Facebook's more of my like personal profile so you'll get to see lots of photos of my kids um and all of their shenanigans or the uh part-time blog I run called the half S homestead because I'm trying to like do a garden and raise chickens and like all these other things that okay. I don't know what I'm doing or have the time to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, check me out on Twitter. Give me a shout or or really follow Sibme S I B M E. Seeing is believing me. I do a lot uh, around video enhance and virtual coaching with uh, with that Twitter account as well. So reach out to me um, for sure. I'd love to love to hear about from you and help you kind of get started with. Video, it really again, I'm super passionate about it because y'all, it
0: really makes a world of difference. So I can see that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge today. You shared so much information, and probably there are some video converts out there right now listening to this going, (laughs) I'm going to do it. I am just. (laughs) <laughs> you know, one other resource, if, if
1: you're looking for a little bit more, <clears throat> I do have a learning center that, um, that I created. So you can go to learn.sidme, again, S-I-B-M-E dot com. And I've got hundreds of free courses and, and resources are all around video enhanced, whatever your professional learning model is. Self-reflection, coaching, PLCs. You'll also find a link to um, my Friday coaching show, The Coach Replay Show. I forget sometimes that I have these shows <laughs> that that I host and, you know, it's just every day for me. Um, but yeah, check out the, the Coach Replay Show, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Every Friday, we've got a new coaching guest and uh, similar to kind of coffee and coaching, we really focus on video and virtual coaching. And so lots of strategies to be gleaned from
0: there. That is awesome. That's an awesome source. And so, yeah, if you're looking to try this, you definitely want to check that out because it'll give you a nice, um, like a night, like a nice little support system. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for your conversation today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chrissy. Bye y'all. wasn't that the best ever? I mean, seriously, I feel like so energized. Like I just want to recruit people to do this right now. This is what I want to do. I want to video people. I want to have conversations. I want to support the reflection. I just feel like it was so motivational. And I love how many specifics Corey spelled out because I feel like you can really take this and implement this with your teachers, whether you're on campus, whether you're not, um, whether you coach at four or five different schools, whether you coach at one school. I feel like it's so versatile that it's really supportive of coaches, no matter what their coaching work looks like. So I would love to see if you are implementing video coaching. I really want you to let me know. I want you to share it on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is that you do your sharing about your work and tag me at buzzing with Miss B because I wanna see what it is that you're implementing from this episode. I just think this is brilliant and um, I really hope that you try it out. Next week, we actually, I have a coaching schedule or coaching sessions scheduled for you. So I'm actually talking to Liz Almeida, and we're talking about different strategies that you can use to support teachers, and um, you know, getting into those classrooms that maybe haven't been that excited. You know, whenever your administrator is not as forthcoming or supportive of you working with certain classrooms sometimes that can be a real challenge so we talk about some ideas that she can use to get into classrooms um, even if the doors maybe have not been opened yet (laughs) so that's going to be episode 80 and it's coming out next week I really hope that you join me for that coaching call session and in the meantime happy coaching Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.